Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Let's get into it this morning. I kind of stumbled across this verse oh, maybe two weeks ago, just thinking about today in advance and just doing general Bible reading. And as I read it, it kind of struck my heart. And that's the end of Jesus' ministry and his life. And he's having the Last Supper. He's hanging out with his friends who he's ministered to and, you know, invested into and they've journeyed with him and they've had their moments together, but they've experienced this incredible encounter with Jesus. And they kind of all go about their way. Jesus has his time of prayer. And after that, Jesus is arrested. And in Luke twenty-two fifty-four, it was just two sentences, but it really kind of leapt out to me. It says in Luke twenty-two fifty-four, so they arrested him, Jesus, and led him to the high priest's home. And Peter followed at a distance. And when I read that, that last phrase, that last part of that second sentence really hit me. Peter followed at a distance. The disciple who was seriously like a very needy, and I know they're needy because I've got one, Labradoodle, who could not get enough of Jesus. You know, our dog Winnie cannot get enough of people. We often, I've said this before, I often don't let her into our house during the day because her and Ollie just love each other too much and there's wrestling and there's tail pulling and there's yelping and there's laughing and crying. It's just all, it's all a bit too much. I never really understood as a kid when my mum used to say about seven o'clock, it's, everyone has to be quiet now. And I, I get it now that I'm 40, I get it. As a school teacher, there's lots of noise all day in my classroom. I've got a very, very noisy, chatty class this year, and then you come home to my husband who's got a loud voice anyway, my kids who've got loud voices, my nine-year-old who doesn't stop talking from the moment her eyes open until the time she goes to bed. Dan's kind of come to the point now when he's watching footy or something, he'll just turn the volume up until nothing else can be heard because she's just like going, going, going. And then she wants to ask, she wants to be involved too, say, oh, what's, what, what's happened there? Has that man hurt himself? Why is he blowing the whistle? It's just like, shut up, please. It's just so much talking. And I get it. And I get, so the dog kind of, she gets let out once the kids are in bed. And she will literally sit next to you so you can feel her hot, stinky dog breath leaning on you. And if you happen to turn to see her, she just thinks she's won the lotto and her big brown eyes and her tail is going crazy. And that's a little bit how Peter was with Jesus. He just couldn't get enough. He was so eager and so excited. But now somehow we find him following Jesus at a distance. The one who only lived to encounter his saviour was now an observer on the fringes. He was now watching as Jesus was being arrested. The one who had declared at the Last Supper, I will die for you, Jesus. Even if it comes to that, I will die for you. Now finds himself slinking in the shadows, watching from afar. 
And sure, he understood the consequences that if he'd put his hand up to say, yes, I'm a disciple, that he too would have been arrested. So for lots of reasons and for lots of reasons for you and I, sometimes we, we find ourselves watching from a distance and lots of things could have hap- happened. Just the busyness of life happens. It gets in the way of us being close to Jesus. Sin, that has a crazy way, doesn't it, of separating us from Christ and the guilt and the shame that comes with all of that. Maybe it's poor discipline. Last week we, were, we weren't here. Our niece and our nephew were dedicated in Dan's brother's church, so we went to support them in that. They're a lovely, small, little like, local church that we've come to know their pastors and beautiful people doing a great job. And they had a part of the service that for us as pastors, we loved and cringed at the same time because you never know what you're going to get. So they have open mic time in theirs where anybody can come up and prophesy. Dan and I were like, okay, this is so brave, like good on them, have a go, whatever. And they're a much smaller congregation, so they know everybody quite well. But I was like, holy smokes, this is the scariest thing that I've ever seen in church for a long time. Anyway, so this one person gets up. We don't know any of them. So for us, they're all random. So this random person gets up, and I'm sure he's a member of the church. And he actually begins to talk and prophesy about the revival of personal discipline. And I was like, I'm actually... I'm really into this word for myself, for us as a church, for everybody who was sitting in there. Those personal disciplines which keep us close to Jesus, reading his word, coming to church, worshipping, spending time in his presence, these things that keep us close to him. But sometimes when we lack those personal disciplines, we do find ourselves drifting. And you know when you're in a boat, sometimes it's okay to drift But then an hour comes and goes and you're like, oh, I'm now in Samoa. That was unexpected. (laughs) I started in Sydney Harbour. I'm now in Samoa. That's a bit weird. But before you know it, you have drifted so far away from where you started. And it happens sometimes without us even really realising. Jesus, at that Passover meal before Peter, because what ends up happening in this story a real life story, not a fairy tale, is that Peter goes on to deny Jesus. So Jesus is arrested and taken away. Peter comes back to a central place. They've got fires going, it's obviously cold. And people start to recognise him and say, hang on, aren't you his disciple? He's like, oh no, I, I don't know who, who that guy is. So from going from I will die for you, that's how much I love you, Jesus, to now this point, within matter of moments, he's now denying that he's even met Jesus. Before that moment in the Passover, Jesus gives Peter a specific warning. And I believe that warning is also for you and I today. It's the warning Jesus gives that the enemy purposefully works to separate people from Jesus. So he says to Peter, he says this in Luke 22, 31 to 32, Simon, stay on your toes. Satan has tried his best to separate all of you from me. Like chaff from wheat, Simon, I've prayed for you in particular that you would not give in or give out. 
And I want to encourage you today in the words of Jesus, stay on your toes. Be aware that the enemy has a specific plan to separate us from Christ. Because he knows if we are separated like that drifting boat, for whatever reason, it doesn't take long for our hearts to become cold. This disciple who was once on fire, now his heart was turning cold. And if you've ever had a fire in winter and you're kind of up close to that fire, you forget how cold it is on the outside. It's not until you step back from that fire, even a couple of small steps where you go, oh, I can kind of feel how chilly it is outside. I couldn't feel it when I was up close, when I was encountering the fire, when I was encountering his presence, when I was worshipping, when I was close to him. But now for whatever reason, for lots of reasons, I've allowed myself to take a couple of steps back and I suddenly feel the chill of life when I am not encountering him. So can I encourage us today to stay on our toes? to allow this warning from Jesus that the enemy does seek to separate us from him. It's why Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I know for me, I want the course of my life to, I want all of my days to echo his goodness and his grace and his love that one day the legacy of my life will be, I want my kids to one day go, gosh, my mum loved the Lord. If they said nothing else, but man, she got cranky. She yelled at us at soccer from the sideline. Joe and Todd, you're about to experience this. Like a crazy person, their child, Abby, has just joined Ivy soccer team. And I have warned them we are quite competitive and they are too, so that's okay. They'll be totally fine. But we have gotten in the car some weeks after soccer and I was like, Mum, are you angry at me? I'm like, oh, worst parent ever. Not angry, just disappointed at how you play today. Ah, <laughs> uh, there is Maltese fire on the inside, guys. There is. And I'm so excited. In a couple of weeks, I will be in Malta and I'm just going to love everybody speaking loud and angrily and passionately to each other and you'll think, are you guys angry at each other? But really, they're the best of friends having a really normal conversation. So she might think about that one day. She might think about lots of things. Hopefully she thinks about great sandwiches I made for school, all the resources she needed that I was on top of, all of those things. I hope she thinks about times she had birthday parties and friends over and all those great things. And Ollie too. But above all else, I hope they go, I'm so glad my mum took me to church. I'm so glad she had the Bible open. I'm so glad she wrote down little thoughts and preaching ideas that now I can sift through one day. I hope that's the echo and the story of my life. But in order for my life's course to go that direction, I need to be deliberate about guarding my heart, about watching. Let it be a thermostat. Let it be a thermometer. Let it be a gauge of how hot or how cold your heart has become. And today it's a little bit of a challenging word, but I want you to open up your hearts, examine your hearts and go, how warm is my heart? Is it warm? Is it hot? How much am I pursuing Jesus? Or am I just watching from afar? When I come into the house of God, am I an observer? Just watching the service pass by? 
or am I pressing in? Am I worshipping Him? Because that is the goal, to know Him. And there's so many benefits of knowing Him. But if it was just to know Him, His character, His goodness, His holiness, His righteousness, if that was it, it would be so much more than we could ever express within our lifetime. You know, there's a lady in the Bible who suffered from a bleeding condition And in the book of Luke, it talks about how she knew the only way to be healed. She had spent everything that she had in seeking healers. But she knew the true healer was coming to town. And if she could just get close enough to him, then her whole life would be changed. Let's read that story in Luke 8, 40 to 48. He said, when Jesus returned to Galilee, the crowds were overjoyed for they had been waiting for him to arrive. And I pray that's a story of our hearts, that we would be overjoyed when he comes close. He doesn't have to come close to you and I, but he promises that he will. He says, just then a man named Jairus, the leader of the local Jewish congregation, fell before Jesus' feet. He desperately begged him to come and heal his 12-year-old daughter, his only child, because she was at the point of death. As Jesus started to go with him to his home to see her, a a large crowd surrounded him. In the crowd that day was a woman who had suffered greatly for 12 years from slow bleeding. Even though she'd spent all that she'd had on healers, she was still suffering. And isn't that a picture of our world? still suffering, investing in this and that, but still suffering, whether it's physically or emotionally or in their soul. And I love this, verse 44, pressing in through the crowd. She came up behind Jesus and touched the fringe of his garment and instantly her bleeding stopped and she was healed. Jesus suddenly stopped and said to his disciples, someone has touched me, who was it? And while they all denied it, Peter pointed out, Master, everyone is touching you, trying to get close to you. The crowds are so thick, we can't walk through all these people without being jostled. And Jesus replied, yes, but I felt power surge through me. Someone touched me to be healed and they have received their healing. When the woman realised she couldn't hide any longer, she came and fell trembling at Jesus' feet. Before the entire crowd, she declared, declared, I was desperate to touch you, Jesus. For I knew I could just, for I knew if I could just touch even the fringe of your garment, I would be healed. And Jesus responded, Beloved daughter, your faith in me has released your healing. You may go in peace. You know, I pray that we would have that same desperation to press in. To press in, it might not be through a physical crowd but to press through the season that you're walking through, the busyness that you find yourself in, the struggles and the circumstances, if we can commit to continually press into Him. And I believe today it's not a striving. It's not a a whipping of yourself. Oh, I've got to read five chapters of my Bible, say five Hail Marys. Not that we encourage that within our church, but, you know, you don't have to do specific things. It's just about making an effort I'm going to come closer. Even if, I, even if I read a sentence today, even if I just pray with my family around the dinner table, I'm going to make a conscious effort that my heart will not grow cold to him because I recognise my desperate need of him. 
just like this woman in the book of Luke, recognised her desperate need for him, you and I also have a desperate need for him, for his presence, for his power at work within our lives, to know him and to know his power. And I love it. Jesus knew that somebody had encountered him because he felt the power come out. And in John 15, 5, we know this passage, I am the vine, you are the branches, remain in me. It says, I am the sprouting vine, Jesus speaking, and you're my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. And talking about that power that we need to sustain us to walk the Christian life, to walk our everyday life. There's power that comes from being connected to Jesus for your healing, for your health, for your relationships, for every single aspect of your life, human, spiritual, all of it. When you remain connected to Him, there is power. There is a, you know, when you plug in your plug to the wall and you switch on the thing, it's usually what it is, a plug, isn't it? The plug into the plug. There's only power when it's connected. When you disconnect from the power socket, thank you everybody, the power goes. There's no point trying to charge your phone but you haven't put the thing into the thing, whatever they're all called. There's only power when it's connected to the source. There is only power for your life to fully come alive when you are connected to Him. Remain in Him because that's where the power is found. Now, sometimes when I preach, I'm a little bit guilty of starting a story and not finishing it. And people come to me at the end of the service and go, what happened with blah, blah, blah? I go, oh, yeah, I forgot to, I forgot to say that. Sorry about that. So I want to talk about what happened with Peter because I believe that Peter experienced extreme regret. He goes, now my Saviour has been crucified. Am I ever going to tell him how sorry I am? Am I ever going to get a chance to encounter him again, to come out of the shadows, to hear his voice calling me in, to know that I've done silly things? And Peter did a lot of silly things. But to know that Jesus still loved him with all of his heart, who still wanted him, who still called him close. And I love that the Bible calls it the restoration of Peter. And there is restoration for you and I here today as well. Wherever you find your heart, if you go, my heart has turned cold, I have stepped away, or I've never encountered Jesus once before in my life, there is hope here today because of what Jesus went through on the cross. And Peter and his disciples are out fishing, catching nothing, getting nothing, and a man appears on the shore And they haven't realised that it's Jesus. And he shouts out to them, hey, have you guys, sounds like the kids are having fun out there. I thought it was like scary screaming at first, but sounds sounds promising. They're making ice cream apparently, so that's that's pretty exciting. I'd cheer for that too. Um, Says they're out fishing, catching nothing. So he yells out to them, have you caught anything? They go, no, nothing. He goes, why don't you throw your net on the other side? So they throw their net on the other side And instantly, hundreds of fish jump into the net. And John has the realisation, I think that's Jesus. And he says to Peter, that's the Messiah. Oh, and I get chills thinking about how Peter would have felt the one he denied 
the one he declared, I've, I don't know him, I never followed him, but the one he still loved with all of his heart, he now gets this chance to be reconciled. And the Bible says that he throws on his garments. It says that they're working. I don't know what they're wearing, but they're not wearing their outer garments. He throws it on. And I think the Message Bible says, because he's so athletic, I love that they've included that, he literally launches himself out of the boat and he swims to shore. I don't know if there were swimming lessons back then. He obviously is used to the water, but he does seem to drown when he tries to walk on it. So I don't know that he even considered now the man who was only considering his own safety, who went, I can't be recognised because I'm going to be thrown into jail here. So now I'm going to slink into the shadows. He now has no regard for his own safety or his own health. All he knows is he must get to Jesus. So it says he throws himself out of the boat and he gets back to shore. And the Bible doesn't actually tell us about the reunion. But I can imagine it was the most beautiful of encounters with Peter throwing his arms around Jesus, repenting. Jesus, I'm so sorry that my heart grew close, that I didn't heed your warning and then I stepped away from you. And the Bible does then go on to tell us that when all of them make it back to shore, he doesn't say that he rebukes Peter. He gives an invitation to come and eat with him, to have breakfast together with all the fish that they've caught. And that invitation is extended to you and I, not in a harsh critique. Oh, you want to come back to me now, do you? Oh, what about back there? That was a bit dicey, wasn't it? You said you loved me but you were cursing at little girls, Peter. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Now, Jesus doesn't approve of the sin, but he approves of us coming closer, of repenting, of saying, I'm sorry, because it's our sin that separates us, but it's the cross that redeems us, that allows us to come back into relationship. The Father knew there was no other way for you and I to live a free and forgiven life, but the sacrifice of the cross. And that cross now is a bridge that you and I can walk back over to Him. And even when there's times when we've turned our backs on Him and we've walked away and we've allowed our hearts to drift, there is still access to Him. And today I pray that your heart hears Him calling again. Come back to me. And I want to encourage you, obviously there's no boat, there's no water here today, but in your own heart, launch yourself off the boat. Don't give it a second thought. Don't go, oh, what about this that I've done? I've got so much regret. Yes, fine. Come back to Jesus with that regret. Allow him to wash you clean and to change your life like Peter did. In John 4, 7, 8, it says, I might get Matt, actually I might get the whole team just to come up. In John 4, 7 to 8, it says, So then surrender to God. Stand up to the devil and resist him, and he will flee in agony. Move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will come even closer to you. But make sure you cleanse your life, sinners. Keep your heart pure and stop doubting. There is a massive place for a cleansed heart, for a repentant heart, that times of refreshing may come upon our lives. 
We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Thank you.